Yo, what's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Ball with Tyler Todd. Thank you for tuning in. This episode, like I said on my previous episode, is very special. I am currently in Arizona. Just got done with the wedding, but now I am in Tempe with a lifelong friend and a good friend, a buddy of mine, Jordan Spurgeon, who is currently at ASU and works for Blaze Radio at Arizona State. Jordan, how's it going, bro? Tyler, my guy, it's good to see you again. Haven't seen you since you graduated, man. How you doing? We're good. It's It's been a minute, but... Yeah, my boy Jordan, we we go way back. Uh, we went to Palomar together, did a, did a PSL together, Prep Sports Live. We used to report on local high school games. And Jordan and I are very passionate about the you know the same amount of sports, even though he is a, a, a Patriots fan. <laughs> He's a Patriots fan, bro. But it's it's yeah, all good. Say, six rings. You can't see me, but or seven now. Well, six for the Patriots. Seven <laughs> for my guy Tommy. Yes, Tom Brady is the go. But um, it's just it's gonna be kind of just a free for all episode. But first, we just want to talk about um opening day in the Padres and just baseball in general. So right now, the Padres are three and zero. Jordan was telling me for the first time since 1984 opening up, so that is pretty insane. Joe Musgrove the other day, six inning pitched. Let me check something real quick here. Yeah, six innings pitched, only three hits allowed, zero earned, zero walks, and 8K. So, I mean, the Padres made a ton of offseason moves this year, bro, making sure to get the guys in the rotation. We obviously have one of the better starting five rotations in the league. We still don't have Lamette back yet and Clevenger, so... It's been nice to see some Padre baseball finally in San Diego. Oh, it's been amazing. And, you know, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. But after everything they did this offseason, after all the excitement of last year, just seeing them come out and be 3-0 and about is time. amazing. Like, it's something that Padres fans have been waiting for forever. You've got a lineup that is just top to bottom loaded. Someone can suck. Tatis can be terrible the first three games. Yes. And they can still be 3-0. and So, yeah. this is a lot of fun to see the Padres right now. Oh, about time. I was going to say, we were talking about the car previously, but... 2005, obviously last year, 14-year playoff drought, some horrible teams in San Diego. And then we got Prowler came in and wanted to make an effort, and that was, I think, maybe his first couple years. Obviously, we talked about it, but he brought in you know, Matt Kent, James Shields, and all that. But they ended up dealing all those guys away, and it's good because most of those guys we did deal away ended up with the guys we have now, like James Shield being dealt to the White Sox. That's how we got Fernando Tatis, who is now you know, the face of the league, practically. I mean, yes, there's Mike Trout, you know, Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, some other face of the leagues, but, I mean, even Ronald Acuna Jr. or Luis Roberts or Tim Anderson. But regardless, we're super excited for Padre baseball because, oh my God, it's been so damn long just for good baseball. But how about... Aside from the aside from the Padres, because I know Jordan, what about the Red Sox? Jordan's a Red Sox. <laughs> Jordan's a Red Sox fan. Oh, the Red Sox are doo doo. I'm paying no attention to them. No. I uh, I don't know. Fandoms become less and less for me as I, I work more in sports. But man, they are just tough to watch. I think today they already gave up ten runs in like five innings, and they didn't score their first run until like fifth inning in their second game. It's like no <laughs> offense, no pitching. Garbage. They're they're doo doo like that's that's the word for the team. If you have a one word description with the hyphen, it's doo 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 doo. The Red Sox are doo doo. They're gonna be probably last place in that division. Okay, they they might be worse than the Orioles. No way. I, I really think that. Okay, so who do you think who do you think wins that division at the it's end the of the Yankees. year? It's the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, I still like okay. the Rays a lot. They're coming off a World Series appearance. As much as it pains me to say, the Yankees are the better team oh, in that division right now. I don't want to admit that either. Yeah, I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees, but I hate Aaron Judge. Nothing personal against him. He just plays for the Yankees, and he's kind of a tool. Oh, he's a major tool. Major tool. But, you know, they're they're going to win that division unless they have just a ton of injuries, like they always do, because they have the worst <laughs> trainers in the world. With all the money they spend, they spend zero on their trainers because their guys are always hurt. That sounds like the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not even the Blue Jays, though. Guest appearance, maybe? Nah, Blue Jays are maybe a wild card team. 
I can see Dude. I can see them as a wild card team. The Blue Jays got some guys. The uniform's looking good. I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to break out finally. Bro, I... I Boba Shed's looking good. Like, they've got a team. They spent some money, but they're not there yet. I should say, I had them... In, a, in another episode, we talked about the divisional breakdown. I had them, I think, winning first. I, I mean, I want them to win first. I would love them to finish first. Because like you said, I don't yeah. like the Yankees either. Yeah. It'd be sick to see the Rays. It'd be cool to see... Yeah, it'd, it would be nice to see the Rays return to another World Series. But I don't know, man. With them losing Snell, I'm not sure. But... I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of up in the air. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, the Red Sox are definitely the worst team. The Orioles are challenging them for that. The Orioles are taking it to them all weekend long. They're just beating down the Red Sox on opening weekend. And like I said, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. But the Red Sox are just not going to be good this year. Their their team is just not good at all. Like well, outside, I don't outside, enjoy it. Okay, well outside of outside of the Red Sox and the Orioles, like the Orioles, like who do the Orioles even have? Other than Mancini, who do they even have? A bunch of unknown players, unknown a bunch guys. of guys that just don't know how to play. But I don't know. I think they're, they're – I don't want to say better coached because I like Alex Cora, and I'm glad Cora's back in Boston. But just – I don't know. Maybe the Orioles might have something there with some young guys. With the Red Sox, it just seems like a bunch of guys that are overrated. I think it's just going to take too long for them to be good because yeah. the division is so good. Yeah. Okay, so then shifting gears from that division, NL West. I obviously am a huge Padre fan, and I want them to win. Obviously, a lot of the power rankings obviously have the Dodgers first in almost every category. Everyone has the Dodgers winning the NLS, but obviously there's that small slimmer of hope that the Padres do, you know, win the division. But your take, honest take, who is winning the division? Well, I think it's possible both teams win 100-plus games. Like, I think we're heading down that path. Both teams can win at least 96. I think both teams are 100-game winners. Sure. We've oh. seen this a couple years recently. The Yankees and Red Sox both won 100 games in the same division in the same year. That's very when true. When the Red Sox won like 111 games or something crazy. It was that ridiculous. Was or 108 games. Mookie's MVP year. Yep. Okay. So I do think right now I would still give the edge to the Dodgers. I think they have a little bit more depth in that division. But in a playoff series, it's a toss-up to me at this point. I know there's more to see, but I don't think home field advantage is necessarily going to matter in the playoffs. So if you're the Padres, obviously you want to win that division, but a wild card is not going to be the end of it for it's this just, team. As long tough. as they're healthy. Because last year, yeah. we all felt confident they could take the Dodgers on, I mean, look what and then they had no pitching. And they had the bullpen days. <laughs> so embarrassing, and just dude. Couldn't, couldn't hit anymore. And so I don't think that's going to be a repeat this year. You see a lot of teams, they get to the playoffs that first year, the Houston Astros, uh, the Boston Red Sox when they were young, they get there. They get bounced in the first round or bounced yeah. in the second round, and then next year they go and win a World Series. The Padres could be that team this year. God, they had they got that experience of just getting thwarted last year by a team that's won their division eight straight years or whatever. It's true. So I think the streak continues for the Dodgers, but the Padres are going to be right there. It's it's not going to be a close thing. This will be like a ten nine series during the season. Like, okay. I don't think one team's going to run away with the season series. No, but, I don't think so either. But it'll be interesting. No, it'll be even playing field for sure. It's just it's hard. It's hard to admit that because being, and for I mean, being a fan for any team, you don't want your team to not, you know, not go to the playoffs and not suck. And especially now when the Padres are making all these offseason moves, you know, acquiring Darvish, Snell, signing Sean Kim, all those guys, Musgrove, Melancon, Keanu Kayla, all those guys. And still, the Dodgers are projected to win the World Series and take that first place spot. It's just hard to admit because they're, they just had to go out and they had to sign Trevor Bauer. Like, yeah, on. who's on no one else could do it. Yeah, and of course his first start he had a no hitter through six, but then gave up like four runs. So oh, we don't know. God. I don't know. He's another guy. Like I like Trevor Bauer a lot. I think he could be like a face of baseball. 
just for social media and stuff like that. But last year was an outlier for him. He's never been an elite pitcher. He's yeah. always been nice, but he's never nice. been that elite guy that won a Cy Young last year. So no. kind of like we, you and I have talked about it, and we'll yeah. get into that now. With you, Darvish, same thing. You, Darvish, yes. last year was an outlier for him. He's not a number one starter like no, he was no. on opening day. No, we don't want him to start as number one. Exactly. We don't, but no. he was a Cy Young candidate last year, finished in second place. So there, there's those expectations with a, a Bauer and a Darvish who would likely face each other in the playoffs sure. when these two sure. go off. But yeah. those guys are both a little bit overrated. But, you know, I, I, it's still, you know, you're adding depth to rotations that were already pretty deep. So both teams made that move. Almost deaf. Yeah, overpaid to make those moves, but you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's what go. It's just like in like you know basketball or football. You got to have the nice. You got to have the nice bench pieces, the nice rotational pieces. And with in baseball, it's crucial to have a good starting rotation, and you have to have a good bullpen. It's because it, you have to have guys like I said earlier with Musgrove pitching six innings, only three hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. It's needed. You have to have that in baseball because if you have anything else short of that, you're just you're gonna suck. You're gonna suck. You're gonna you're not gonna do good whatsoever. And that's why. The Padres have made it such a vital, I mean, it's a piece of the team that they've been trying to build for years, years, is trying to build the rotation. We have two young guys in the rotation now, the bottom end of the rotation. We had to deal one away, unfortunately, in part of the snow trade, but we still have Adrian Mora home. We still have Ryan Weathers. We have Mackenzie Gore, who's still in the system, who's trying to come up. So that's the nice thing is even though we pay big money for these guys, and even if they don't pan out, we have so many outlets. We still have Denelson Lamette, who's on who's on the IL right now, but could come back or is expected to come back. Clevenger obviously is out for the whole year with Tommy John, but he's gonna come back next year. We still have Chris Paddock. Yes, kind of a you know crappy year last year. We're hoping he can bounce back, but it's just you need to focus on pitching. And the Padres have finally been doing that because they never used to do that. <laughs> they have that. Yeah. And they have eight guys who can legitimately legitimately be in the rotation this year. So now they have yeah. the luxury of, okay, if Paddock keeps sucking, he's no longer your number one. You don't have to rely on him. Exactly. If McKenzie comes up and shits the bed, oh well. Like you can give him more matter. time. He's young. Yeah. <laughs> you have all these guys. So you have Ryan Weathers who had like a three inning save last night, like coming up and it could be a starter. And right now he's showing to be a weapon out of the bullpen, which is nice. It's always nice when oh, a starter that yeah. can't fit in the rotation becomes a good bullpen piece. That always helps out so much. It's so facts. the Padres are in a good good space right now and that three and start only helps like how Padres fans are feeling right now for sure. Oh sure. And it's nice, you know, finally to have some fans back in the game, man. Yeah. We Got some fans there this year down there at Petco. Yeah, we I have this it. argument every day. Okay. At, at school, let's hear it. Petco's the best park. Oh, I have people saying undeniably. P- I have people saying PNC. I have some no. that say Chase Field. Someone said Dodger Stadium. I told him he's on crack and he should leave. <laughs> Dodger Stadium is a piece of crap. Yeah, it's iconic, but poo-poo. it's a piece of crap. Yeah, it's crap. It's just like for me. Fenway Park is an amazing stadium. It's a piece oh. of crap. It's just there. you're there for the experience of Fenway. Same okay. with Wrigley. Okay. It's outdated. It's not as cool. It's not as nice. There's not as much scenery as San Diego and Petco. True. But you go for the experience. But sure. Petco is the best park, hands down. It's not a question. No, no, no. And I'm glad you agree because I always say that Petco is top five, top three park. But it is. It's there. It's in that one, two, three pocket. It really is. Because, see, hearing the recommendations... No, 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 Dodger. No, no, no. I, I'm so, I'm so disrespected that somebody said Dodger Stadium is I was the best. Hurt. Yeah, yeah, I'd be hurt to the best baseball park in MLB. That is so false. Okay, <laughs> yeah. oh, that fires PNC, me up, bro. I can see an argument. Yeah. It's pretty nice, but it's Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pitt, Pittsburgh, San Diego. Pittsburgh. Come on, come on, Pittsburgh. Come on, come on. Okay, <laughs> okay. So obviously, you can tell we're very excited for baseball. But moving on from baseball. Come on, Padres, we got you. But moving on from baseball, I did want to talk a little bit NFL. 
Jordan is a Patriots fan. I am a Chargers <laughs> fan. How do you, he's laughing? How do you feel about how Bill Belichick and the Patriots attacked the offseason this year? Um, I'm glad to see he admitted that he sucks at drafting certain positions. Cannot okay. draft wide receivers for crap. And listen, every coach, every there's always a weak spot. Nikhil Harry. Yeah. I like <laughs> Nikhil Harry. He'll be fine, but just does not fit there at all. Does not work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad they're like, okay, let's go overpay for some, I don't know, slightly above average players. Nelson Aguilar. Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are not slightly above average. I'm they're both really that. good. Ready they're both that. really good. So now mm-hmm. you get that two tight end system that thrived in the early 2010s when you had oh. Gronk and then Aaron Hernandez. It's a little bit different. The mass murderer. Two, yeah, the mass murderer. But now you've got two big body tight ends. And uh, the one question that remains for me is just what do they do at quarterback? I want to give Cam Newton that second chance. And they re-signed yeah. him. They're giving him that shot. Now you have some offensive weapons around him. You're going to have like six guys coming back on defense that didn't play last year because of injury or opting out. And, you know, they'll draft fine in the middle round and find some starters. But I would hope so. But I don't know. They, they still have a true number one receiver. That doesn't help Cam Newton at all. Edelman's a shell of himself at this point. <laughs> yeah. Nikhil uh, Harry, like him and Newton get along. It just hasn't worked on that offense. Yeah, the so connection's not there yet. I don't yeah. know what the Patriots do. I got to see what they do in the draft. But I feel good. Like, I feel like they're a team with, you know, Bill Belichick's coaching. They're still 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, and seven. Oh, my, okay. My thing with them, it's I always thought Bill deserved more credit. And I think it might just be a one-year overreaction and COVID and all that happening. But I don't know. I think he's a little too rigid to be – as good without Tom Brady. He's a losing coach in his career without Tom Brady, and I do feel yeah. like he doesn't connect with players. And that's why when you're rigid and you have your own system. It's true, though. You look at him, he looks so unhappy every yeah. game. He's he unhappy. looks unhappy yeah. every day. <laughs> look at basketball. We all thought Greg Popovich goes down as probably the greatest coach of all time. He hasn't done anything without Tim Duncan. Oh, that's true. Because Tim Duncan was that player, and he wasn't always the best player on the team. You know, at the end, he was, you know, Kawhi was up and coming. He still had Tony Parker and Monty Ginobili. But as soon as Tim Duncan retired, they've sucked. They haven't made the playoffs since. Their 50-plus 50, their 50 game winning streak of like 20 years snapped. All of that. <laughs> it's true. Belichick, as soon as Brady leaves, becomes a sub-500 team. And so we'll give, I'll give him this year before I give him the benefit of the doubt. Which but sucks. I'm starting to think yeah. we might have over-credited Belichick for what Brady had done to him. Which is so weird to think because Tom's, Tom was there his whole career and so was Bill. So it's hard to always distinguish that because people, yeah, like you said, people always bring that up. Like, oh, you know. You know, the Patriots wouldn't be what they are without Bill or or without Tom. It's like no, 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 no. Tom, Tom made the Patriots, bro. Yes, yes. The coaching was was good, and the, you know the systems were correct, and they always the Patriots always had that ability to elevate whatever players they had on the roster. Like you look at Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. So Kyle Van Noy was the perfect example, drafted by the Patriots, but then was sent to Miami last year on a deal, and then they just got him back in this offseason. Your pro, your prototypical example, like not like a really super talented guy, but. He's just scrappy, puts in the minutes, and he's good. And he just a, he's a system guy. Fits in, and you can have yeah. the system, and the system is great, and that helps build a culture. But you need a leader that em- embellishes that and brings that out of him. And, you know, is that guy that in the locker room is like, man, everybody's like, man, Bill was hard on us today. Bill was yelling at us. Bill was doing this and this and this. And Brady's kind of that guy that you would then, you would kind of rally behind him. And Brady's like, yes, he was. But I'm going to be just as hard on you, and we're going to do this our way, too. We can rebel against him a little bit. Like, in a a locker room, it's it's healthy to rebel against your coach a little bit. Yeah. But without a guy like that in the locker room, it's just kind of a bunch of guys that just probably are getting beat down every day. And they just, especially with, you know, millennials and how we are in our age group, or we're not millennials, but in our age group, it's just, it's difficult to, it's difficult to kind of have that maintained without someone in the locker room that, is used to that and can like have guys rally around it. Oh, sure. 
No, no, most definitely. I totally agree. But who knows? I like the moves they made. Obviously, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I do like the moves they made. Who do you have winning that division? division it's still the Bills division. You still the Bills? The Bills are really good. Josh Allen, he grew a lot last year. Okay. They have it all. They have a great general manager. Brian Dable's a really good or Brian Dable's a really good offensive coordinator. They kept him. I Snacks. thought he, he was going to be head coach somewhere. I wanted him in yeah. LA. <laughs> so they, but we didn't get him. So they keep him. You've got you know, you've got Sean at the head coach. So he's he's really good. Josh Allen's great. They have Stephon Diggs. The defense will be better next year, I think. Yes. It kind of sucked last year. Yes, it will be And better. they still won, what was it, 10 or 11 games. So it's still their division. I like what Miami's doing. I think they're going to turn you know some things around. I don't know if I'm sold on Tua. I'm not either. Like, there's a reason they were benching him for Fitzpatrick <laughs> at the end of the year. And not only Fitzpatrick, but That's bad he's never a guy being, you want to yeah. rely on at the end of the no. year. He's an early season phenomenal Fitz Magic kind There's of guy. There's a reason why he's been on like 15 different <laughs> teams, like for real. Exactly. And then, yeah, Patriots will compete. And the Jets, like, I don't care if they draft Zach Wilson. They're not there yet. They need so many pieces. Oh, like, there. I almost will feel bad for whoever they draft because he's going to end up like Sam Darnold. We'll get to that later, maybe, but yeah. he might end up a lot like Sam Darnold because the, there's nothing around him. It's the ownership has just been a problem with New York. It's just they've never wanted to win. And then Adam Gase was just a god-awful coach, dude. Like, just absolute trash can. He made Ryan Tannehill look like a piece of crap, and now Tannehill's a perennial Pro Bowl. That's, what, that's what you Adam were saying. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But, man, so... And so talking about organizations, I'm going to move to my Chargers. Yep. There's speculation that they may be selling the team. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Yep. They may be selling the team because there's insurmountable debt. And I hope they do. Because I despise the Spanos family so much. <laughs> they took my Chargers from San Diego to L.A., where we now share a stadium with the Rams. And the Rams don't want us there. No, Actually, just the city of L.A., period, does not want the Chargers. It belongs to the Rams or the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders are in Las Vegas, so they're doing their own thing. Party City, Sin City. But now, the Rams are there, and then we share a stadium with them. With the, and the stadium looks like a Rams head. Yep. And it's embarrassing. And even more embarrassing was this offseason. Lost almost... So we, we, <laughs> it's so frustrating. We lost Casey Hayward, and I could... Oh, my God. I could just go on. It's so frustrating because now we're at a time when the char- in the Chargers organization, where last year... We drafted Justin Herbert to be the franchise guy. He gets the nod in week two after the whole Tyrod injury and wins rookie of the year. Standout rookie season. Now has all the passing records, all the records for rookie rookie quarterback records. And now we have the opportunity to be really good. And they are absolutely fumbling the ball. Like extremely. Yes, we got some, you know, notable, you know, O-lineman signees in free agency. But it's not enough. Losing Hunter Henry is not good. Yes, we signed Jared Cook, but Jared Cook is the wrong side of 30. We don't need that. Yes, he's a, he's a stopgap for... May, people People were saying that we actually may take Kyle Pitts at 13. If he drops that far. If Kyle Pitts drops at 13, you have no choice but to pick have him. Have to pick him. That's what I'm saying. Because I actually think he's the best player in the draft. Really? I best think player in the player. draft. And I, know Tre- okay. I think Trevor Lawrence is like... The best quarterback prospect we've seen in a long yeah, time? Yeah. No, Kyle Pitts is the best player in this draft. Best player. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. If you fell there, you have to take him. I don't know, though. Because they need so many. There's so many other areas of need that they, they, they need so bad. Cornerback help has been desperate. Melvin Ingram's a free agent, so the other side of our defensive line is, like, open right now. We still have Joey Bosa. We still have Limbaugh Joseph. We still have some nice bench pieces. But, man, we lost almost all of our O-line. But, yes, we signed them back. We gave 
<laughs> Computers. It's all good. We love <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we gave Mike Will a franchise tag, of, so he's going to make 16 mil just for one year. So I don't know how I feel about that yet. Danny obviously brought it up a, like, you know, a while back. He was saying it's hard to give a player who hasn't you know caught over 1,000 receiving yards 16 mil a year, which is, I know, very understandable. But he has the potential to be that way. You still have Keenan Allen. We have an okay running back room. Derwin James is coming back. We still have Chris Harris Jr. We re-signed Michael Davis. So there are nice pieces that are returning. But it is, I, I think it's crucial for the Chargers this draft. They need to make sure whoever's at 13, it's for, they need, because <laughs> it's so, you say that about Kyle Pitts and it's so important because losing Hunter Henry, we don't really have a number one guy now. Yes, I said we signed Jared Cook, but he is the stopgap because he's like 34 and you're you're done in a couple of years. Like we're just using you for right now. We And then behind him, Donald Parham, and I, I forgot the other homie's name, but they're okay, but they're not going to be starting caliber tight ends and we, and, we, and we need one. So that's why I'm torn because if we look at the draft at 13, there's been multiple drafts. Like I, I mentioned earlier, they had Sewall dropping to 13. I don't I don't think he will be there, the best line in the draft. He, I personally don't think he'll be there. But then they have Virginia Tech's tackle, Darasaw going to the, the Chargers. Then they have Rashawn Slater from Northwestern going to the Chargers. And then some mock drafts, they have them taking Kyle Pitts. So that's three linemen and then a tight end. And I'm just conflicted because they're all very good. And I just hope they make the right decision. But I know they probably won't because yeah. they always <laughs> they always mess up all the time. Yeah. With the Chargers, what you have to look at now, you have a pretty good roster. There's not a lot of depth. That's the issue. I feel yeah. like. Secondary yes. needs improvement. So you have to look at your division. Okay, the Chiefs are the go-to team. Like They're the team that runs the division right now. What do the Bucks do to beat the Chiefs? Pass rush. They have six guys, seven guys they can throw at you fresh all game long. You've got some nice pieces still on the, on the defensive line for the sure, Chargers. Sure, sure, If you're there, I just don't know who's a good enough. There's no edge rushers this year that are, like, off the charts. Jumping out at you. So, at sure. this point, you're hoping, you know, one of the cornerbacks drops somehow. Okay. That's That, to me, seems like what would make the most sense for the Chargers because okay. they, have, they have guys... But there's always injuries with the Chargers. Oh, and it's, it's any team. You have to have that depth behind them. It's just if it's so that makes the most sense. It's but infuriating. Yeah. Stuff. And if none of those guys, like if a, uh, if none of those corners are there, like if Patrick Sertain's not there, who probably shouldn't be, or Caleb Farley's you know, gone, or Caleb, yeah. or Caleb Farley's gone. Yeah. yeah. If one of them are gone, then you have to go O line. Whether it's Kristen Darishaw, whether it's Elijah Vera Tucker at a USC, yes. he's a guard that can play all five offensive line positions. That's very, right. Very valuable. So they don't need to go with the sexy pick this year. They don't need to go with the sexy pick. I feel like they have, yeah. they have, they have their quarterback. Okay, they've got the wide receivers that are flashy. You know, Keenan Allen's one of the best in the game. Mike Williams has all that potential. They've sure. got some, you know, some undrafted guys that Her Herbert loved throwing to last year. Exactly. So they've got enough there. So you know, even if a guy like I don't know Jalen Waddle dropped, I don't even know if you would want to take him necessarily there. You want to go with those guys that are going to help support you in the trenches against the Chiefs because that's where they're going to struggle is the Chiefs. Sure. And we're looking at the AFC West, too, like Jordan was saying. The Chiefs have been running the division for, oh, my God, God knows what, past five, six, yeah. seven years. And the Raiders are copying the Chiefs. They're, yeah. They have a, no defense whatsoever, but offensively, they're copying the Chiefs. So oh, you have two, two offenses. You have to be able to slow down a little bit. Yeah, it's it's starting to become um, one of the better divisions in the NFL because a couple of years, like in that like mid-10s, like 13, 14, 15, it was – I mean, obviously it was primarily the Broncos division when Manning was there, but, I mean – the division has been good for God knows how long. So now, because the Chargers are 
starting to become they're they're starting to become better. The Chiefs obviously are so good. Like Jordan just said, the Raiders have a good uh, good offense, but a really crappy defense. And the Broncos. I'm telling you, the Bron- so this is for you, Steven. The Broncos are good. And I don't care what anyone says. The Broncos are very good. They signed a ton of guys on defense and re-signed a ton of guys. They gave they gave Miller the franchise tag. They re-signed Justin Simmons, Darby, a ton of guys that make a huge impact on defense. It is the only problem. And it's been that problem since <laughs> it's been a problem in Denver for God knows how long it has always been the quarterback room. And in this offseason, Deshaun Watson obviously wants out of Houston, and Denver was in the mix to get him. But looking at this mock draft we have, the Broncos are selecting Justin Fields at 9. So that's the thing. If the Broncos, they can make a huge splash in this draft. If they are able to at least, I don't I don't even care who they get. As long as they get a, a good quarterback in the draft, their problems will be solved. They have Jerry Judy. They have Royce Freeman. They have Noah Fant, Jake Butt, a ton of good guys that can catch the ball. And just they're so talented in the skill position spot. Yep. They just need a quarterback because Drew Locke, oh my God, not the answer. He didn't even throw for 3,000 yards last season. Yeah. Total that, was a, that was a big whiff last year. He was my pop guy. Like there's always been that year two quarterback that pops. I was yeah. like, oh, it's going to be Drew Locke because he was like four and one in his five starts the year before. I was like, oh, he's going to pop this year. He's doo doo. He's not oh. going to work. He's cool. overconfident for someone that sucks. <laughs> Facts. I don't care about confidence. Be confident all you want, but don't suck when you're that confident. <laughs> so he just, he it's stinks. true. He's, 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 he's crap. Like he's not the answer. He's so, total garbage. It would be interesting. The, the problem for them at nine is like, there's no way Justin Fields is actually there. Gonna be there. Like at nine. you're gonna have probably three quarterbacks taken with the first three picks. Somebody's gonna take him before. Like whether it's Fields, whether it's Lance, one of those guys is gonna fall. And if you think Mac Jones is the answer, no, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> Mac Jones should have been a like guy. He's like Drew Lock. <laughs> He's just like Drew Lock. Just like, and him. that's the problem with the Broncos. They've been drafting quarterbacks like Drew Lock for the last six years. John Elway <laughs> loves that prototype because that's what and he they was. all stink. Because that's, that's what, what he, he was. was. The NFL doesn't work that way anymore. No, that's why if a Justin Fields were there, it's the perfect answer for this team. Modern quarterback, super talented, a little bit inconsistent, but he's going to be really, really good. And you give him oh. weapons like he had at Ohio State. Whew, he's going to be really good. Yeah. Oh, so it's big facts. That would be the best situation. But if not, you have to just, like I said, with the Chargers, you got to go depth, whether it's pass rush, whether it's offensive line, whether it's a corner. Yeah. Like if, Car- if Farley's there, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, I, sure. I see him going there a lot. But sure. Quarterback is ideal, but after the 49ers decide to trade up, it's going to be so difficult for them to get one because Carolina needs a quarterback at eight. Oh. So unless Denver wants to jump because it's going to be tough. Because Carolina, like, they gave Bridgewater all that money. They don't like him. They, he's oh, not. He's not the no. long-term answer. No, which thinks I thought he would be, but I don't think he's going to be a long-term. He's answer just there, been kind of so. all over the place, unfortunately. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, the Broncos. I mean, they've got some stuff there, but if you can't figure out the quarterback, good luck. Like, there's nothing you can do. Well, especially in the AFC West, and, he, and if you look at the NFC West too, that so just looking at the NFC, AFC West right now, it's it's full of talented quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes. I'm not really sold on Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr is like pretty cool, but like he's he's just been whatever. Justin Herbert, obviously rookie of the year, he's he's going to have a good career. And then Drew Locke, obviously we just talked about him, and he he's not very good. So that's why it's crucial in that division. People were saying that Deshaun Watson was scared to come to the AFC West because he would have to deal with all those talented teams and all those quarterbacks, which is very true. But then if you look at the NFC West, it's the same thing. A talented quarterback room: Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. Oh, Russell Wilson. How could you forget? Yeah. And it just goes on. So that's that's what it takes to win in the NFL. 
it there's those there's some there's those crucial positions you need to have figured out. You can well you can see if, the perfect example is you, you look at the Chiefs, Kaka defense, Kaka defense in that Super Bowl year, but they have an insane quarterback and an insanely talented offense. You go far. Yep. Subpar defense. Yes, yep. they say defense wins championships, which is very true. And it played great in the playoffs, too. Yes. So they, they had that change, but it was because Mahomes was so good, it made it a lot easier for them. Exactly. And then if you look at like that Denver that Denver Super Bowl win, yes, an insanely talented offense, but that defense was nuts. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. If you don't have a defense that can win championships, even if it's subpar, you have to have good quarterback play. So. It's going to be tough. I, I mean, I hope the Chargers can still – they'll mix it up. They're, they'll be competitive. I mean, I'm, I'll say that. That's every fan of any team. Oh, they're going to be competitive and, oh, they'll make wins. But, I mean, they'll probably disappoint me like they usually do. They do <laughs> like they do every year. That is the Chargers' MO. I will say this, though. I don't think they finished below second place, though, in 2021. I think I agree with that. It's only se- only second place? Yeah. Cause they're. I don't see them at. Third I don't or trust the Raiders. There's. I. 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 I, I want to like John Gruden so bad, but just the moves they make just always puzzle me. <laughs> Irritate me. They always puzzle me. Like they go for the wrong positions. They. They double up on players they don't need to double up on. They release guys like or they trade guys like Khalil Mack for no reason. They tried Antonio Brown, didn't work out, and then they trade for another receiver, give up another first rounder, and it's just why would you like? They make so many mistakes. That's so dumb. They make so many mistakes, and it's hard to trust them. Oh no, it's extremely frustrating. Who do they have the Patriots taken? So the Patriots traded out of the first round. Oh no, they're still at fifteen. So there was rumors they were going to trade out of the first round. Micah Parsons from Penn State. Makes a lot of sense. They okay. could use some more linebacker depth. Um, they suck at drafting wide receivers, so don't even bother. Don't. Even if the best receiver in the draft is there, you'll find a way to screw it up. The Patriots just can't. They can't draft just wide don't receivers. Do it. They're the yeah. opposite of the Steelers. You just always draft receivers better than anybody. <laughs> it's but true. That's like their one thing. Like Bill cannot draft receivers. So yeah, Micah Parsons from Penn State. He's a really good linebacker. I think that makes sense. Cardinals after him. J.C. Horn. We're in Arizona right now. Patrick Peterson's gone. You need some more depth in the secondary. You, 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 your, your defensive line is good. Realistically, they really need an offensive line because that's, oh, that's what bad. does them in. Is Kyler Murray has to do way too much because he's always running, which he can do, but you got to have an offensive line. So sure, it could be interesting. But there's so many things in this draft that I'm looking forward to. Oh, facts. But um, yeah. So that's uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. This was kind of just out of pocket, but I'm glad I got to do my first episode with somebody that I trust. We could just go off topic, kind of just ramble on, but. Sometime in the near future, whenever I do get the chance to get a second mic and another and an audio mixer, I will be able to have more people on so make the show more engaging. But for now, okay, I'll let, I'll let you sign us off, Jordan. <laughs> bringing the pro in. Okay. Bring, oh heck yeah! Oh man, for us that's it. Balling with Tyler Todd. Yeah. Episodes over. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Later. <laughs>